Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday, October 18th. I'm Mark Dent, here with Rob Litterst, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about live sports and streaming. On Tuesday, Netflix announced that it was going to stream the Netflix Cup this November, and that's a mashup of golfers and Formula One drivers squaring off against each other on the golf course. Are live sports from golf to football to everything else eventually destined for Netflix? We're going to talk about all of that. But first, let's run through all the other top stories in business and tech. Starting off, the U.S. Commerce Department set new rules on semiconductor exports, tightening restrictions and limiting the ability of American chip-making companies like NVIDIA and Intel to sell AI chip sales to China. The goal is to limit China's access to advanced tech, particularly in the development of defense technologies. On to tickets. StubHub's NBA ticket sales are up around 60% compared to last season, with international sales up 120%. As usual, the Lakers are the most in-demand team, but this is still some pretty good news for the NBA. Let's move on to big tech. Baidu announced that it's going to unveil its Ernie 4.0 chatbot, which the Chinese tech giant says is, quote, not inferior in any aspect to OpenAI's ChatGPT4. Now, this chatbot is not publicly available yet, but the current Ernie has picked up 45 million plus users since August, so this could be a big deal once it is available. Still in the world of tech, but this is kind of an out-of-this-world development. Mark Andreessen of A16Z took a stab at new governing principles for Silicon Valley, releasing something that he titled the Techno Optimist Manifesto. Andreessen's opus starts with this line, quote, we are being lied to. And from there, he goes on to denounce regulation, stagnation, and bad ideas as the enemy of progress. Those bad ideas, aka his enemies, include tech risk, social responsibility, and existential risk. He also, as you would assume, talked a lot about AI, declaring it to be a universal problem solver. And he wrote that any deaths preventable by a type of AI that is prevented from existing are murder. And then he wrapped it all up by just saying, it's time to build. So we'll uh, keep our eye on that one, to say the least. Finally, let's talk about Goldman Sachs CEO, David Solomon. He has announced that he is stepping out of the booth for good. The 61-year-old CEO, better known as DJ D. Saul, has DJed at high-profile events like Lollapalooza. Rob, did you ever see DJ D. Saul in action? I have not seen DJ D. Saul in action. The first few times I saw these headlines, I thought it was a joke. I legitimately couldn't believe that Goldman Sachs CEO was DJing. It's such a crazy juxtaposition with like being the CEO of Goldman Sachs. But low-key, like I'm pretty impressed. The guy has spun at Lollapalooza, like you said. Yeah, you know, I don't think he ever got one of those vaunted Vegas poolside gigs where you're just doing it for months at a time. Listen, I wouldn't rule out a comeback for DJ D. Salt. Without question. All right, we're rooting for you in the DJ world, at least, David Solomon. 
All right, so let's move on to our main story now. Netflix has announced that it is finally moving into live sports, at least a little bit, with perhaps bigger plans in the future. Rob, what's going on? Yeah, so I think live sports is kind of widely considered the most valuable real estate on live TV. Ben Thompson, who writes the Stratechery newsletter, calls live sports the cable linchpin. More and more people are cutting the cord, but I think the ramifications would be way worse if live sports wasn't holding it all together. We have seen just an absolute race towards live sports rights over the last few Mm -hmm. years. Every single time a league's rights come up for grabs, it seems like not only ESPN, not only other players in the media space, but all the big tech giants are getting in on the action. Everybody wants in on live sports. It's one of those things that people know there's just huge demand for. Unsurprisingly, Netflix is one of those streamers that wants to get into live sports and may have found an interesting backdoor that doesn't require purchasing these massive rights deals and massive right fees. So according to Variety, Netflix plans to launch a Netflix Cup which is a golf tournament that's going to pit race car drivers from its popular Formula One documentary series, Drive to Survive, against golfers from its similar golf documentary series, Full Swing. So it's like a Netflix reality series universe kind of like collab, more or less. It's like the real world versus road rules challenge, (laughs) but for Netflix sports reality shows. Exactly. Okay, we'll get into like the important stuff about this in a second, but come on. Netflix, a golf course for the Formula One drivers versus the golfers. Why not a race course for the Formula One drivers versus the golfers? That would be way more interesting. Could not agree more. This would actually be a way cooler Netflix Cup 2.0 if they get those golfers out on the track. That is a genius idea, Mark. I think you should honestly (laughs) pitch that as the follow-up here. Yeah. So just a little bit more on this event. So both sides are going to tee up in a match play tournament at Wynn Golf Club on Las Vegas Strip. This is slated to get underway Tuesday, November 14th. It follows a long trend that there have been kind of these interesting novel match play golf tournaments of late. This is like a thing that started happening over the last five years. Warner Bros. Discovery has gained some traction with its The Match franchise, where they essentially have these kind of golf showdowns, which sometimes include golfers, sometimes include other athletes, sometimes include celebrities. I believe the initial one was Tiger versus Phil, but subsequent iterations have included Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley versus Peyton Manning and Steph Curry. You get the idea. These are kind of like these big one-time events that I think Warner is hoping will drive a ton of kind of like immediate viewership. So this is Netflix's first time doing this stuff, but they're actually kind of late to the game. I mean, mean, Netflix was like the first in, in everything for streaming, but not for live sports. Yeah, it's really interesting that it's taken them this long. There are a few reasons there. And I mean, Netflix has done some stuff when it comes to live programming. I believe they gave Chelsea Handler a live show a few years ago. I think they gave Chris Rock an opportunity to run kind of like a live show. And I think they've struggled with live programming. Including their own Love is Blind. Exactly. During the Seattle season, they had a live program that did not come on at the time it was supposed to come on. So Yeah, so like you said, they are a little bit behind Amazon purchased the rights to Thursday Night Football, which airs on Prime Video. And I've actually watched that multiple times now. And it's a really easy, solid experience. Apple has struck recent deals with Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer. And NBC's Universal Peacock also offers access to WWE content, English Premier League, and other events. So a lot of the streamers are getting into it. To your point, Netflix is a little bit behind here, but they do have a history of solid sports programming. I honestly think Netflix made F1 popular. Yeah, I mean, they increased their popularity for sure. 
I think that's something Netflix will be thinking about in the future is how can they get a bigger audience? We think of sports as mass culture, but just these last few weeks, as we've watched Taylor Swift attend some Kansas City Chiefs games, we've seen those ratings go up. There's still a lot of people who are not sports fans. And I think that like Drive to Survive and some of these other Netflix reality series, those introduce people who are not sports fans to sports in a way that's fun for them. And I think that Netflix is trying to kind of crack the code on that. And I think assuming that they do start moving to streamers more often, I think there's just going to be a lot more investment to try and hook some of these people who like to watch content. They're going to try to steer them into sports. And I wonder if that's going to help sports grow even more. The other thing you have to wonder about along those same lines is that sports are obviously not quite as popular among Gen Z, whatever we're going to call the next generation, not quite as popular among them, although they're still very young. Gen Alpha. I don't want to call it that. We need to get away from disease <laughs> in the office. But I think sports need to be packaged away from just like the networks that they've always been packaged on that just kind of cater to the diehards, I think. What would your optimal packaging be for live sports, Mark, if you could have your way? For me, I think that the cable bundle is still by far the best deal for sports. There were 100 million subscribers who got ESPN in 2011. I would like to have my ESPN subsidized by you know 100 million other people. Agreed. You know, ESPN is talking about having their standalone streamer, and you know that's going to cost most likely upwards of $20 a month. So yeah, I think just on the cable bundle, it was the best experience for a sports fan. If you're a college football fan or something, right. the game's on basically every waking minute of that day from 11 a.m. to midnight, and you can just flip through them. Whereas with streamers, it's just going to get so much more complicated, and you're going to have to worry about having the right network. You're going to have to pay a lot of money potentially for just one very bespoke streaming service. So it's going to be tough because, yeah, I think that the sports industry has a real battle, I think, to hook young viewers while also staying convenient, and that's not going to be easy. Totally agree. That's going to do it for us today, everybody. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, please go get signed up at thehustle.co slash email. We'll catch you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.